Welcome back. Welcome back to the nerdiest podcast in the Midwest uh, episode where we're thankful for the force. In this week's episode of the Midwestern Nerds podcast, I'm your host, Brian Stoffel, joined as always by my partner in crime, my co-host, my cohort, my wingman, my sidekick. Kale Kyle Olson. We are the Midwestern Nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R. Yes. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can find and stream and listen to our podcast wherever you find and stream and listen to podcasts. This week, we are going to be diving into a Star Wars show. No, not that Star Wars show that we've been talking about. A different Star Wars show, a series of short specials that came out titled Tales of the Jedi. We finally had the chance to sit down and watch all of them, and we're going to talk about them this week. We're going to give you guys some best-off recommendations and extended best-off recommendations. We're going to give you some that we dropped last week. We're going to give you some new ones from this week, and then we're just going to wrap things up because it's a holiday weekend. Happy Thanksgiving for all of you that are traveling and deciding to listen to our podcast while you travel on your extended holiday weekend, if you have an extended holiday weekend. Those in retail... Uh, we shed a tear for you. My co-host here can definitely uh, attest to that since he is one of those hard troopers in retail. I just want to sleep for 20 hours. That's all I want to do. Not really retail, but you're like, you're in the food business retail uh-huh. too. So like, it's not only does this holiday impact you for like the whole weekend, but you've been hit for like the past how many weeks? Two weeks? Week, two weeks for uh, Thanksgiving yeah, the, uh, shopping? The last- yeah, the last two weeks, the last two days specifically when we're recording this, Friday's going to be crazy because I'm in the liquor industry, and and then it only gets crazier from there for the rest yeah. of the, for the rest of the year. So we shed a tear to you, fellow retail workers. I am thankful that I'm not in retail any longer because I've done my fair share of that. I've worked retail in uh, Milwaukee at the malls on Black Friday. Um, I've worked retail at the same uh, grocery food chain that uh, my co-host here works at. Um, so I've, I've done it all. I've worked, I've worked little strip malls, uh, outlet malls. I've worked. You've I've, paid your dues. I've <laughs> paid my dues. That's a part of my life that I'm kind of glad is behind me. And hopefully I never have to turn back to. And hopefully uh, I'm not too far behind you. Yes. Either that or you're just gonna like become a uh, liquor king uh the Which, yeah the liquid uh boss daddy of all <laughs> <laughs> love it new twitter bio yes but we are not here to talk about retail uh we we can talk about things that we're thankful for throughout this episode especially when we get to the best stuff uh recommendations because those are all things that we're thankful for but for this week like i said tales of the jedi finally had the chance to sit down and watch it i <laughs> For a split second, almost thought that I wouldn't have the time to sit down and watch it. And then 
it would have been, what are we going to talk about this week on the Midwesterners podcast? But managed to squeak that in, and I'm glad that I got to get that in because this was a very good five episodes. Uh, I say that knowing that there were six. There was one of them that I was like, eh, did we need that? Probably not. But we had it anyway. We'll we'll dig into that. We're, we'll discuss it more. But these episodes were very good. Uh, the animation was incredible. Voice acting was on key. We had some uh, key actors return to some roles uh, for these uh, specials, for these uh, short specials. The action and storytelling was just phenomenal. So those are my general thoughts. Kyle, jumping into this. I know you're kind of in the same boat as me where you haven't seen all the animation stuff. Were you a little nervous going into this based off of the fact that you're you're not fully engrossed in that? And then what did you overall think? I think that's why I I didn't jump into it like the day it dropped or whatever, like I do with most projects. Um, I just didn't know. I didn't know where this fell in a timeline or, you know, I didn't know what story they were going to tell and what I was going to know and what and wasn't going to know, you know, like. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad I, I, I immediately uh, our buddy Josh told me how great it was. So I was like, OK, I'll give it a go. We'll see what I understand. And thankfully, understood most if not all of it and the things that i didn't understand you know felt like actual plot holes that a lot of people didn't you know it it, it felt like a lot of things that were kind of answered some some story gaps which is which which feels like the era of star wars that we're in right now you know like with solo and kenobi and um andor and all this different stuff uh, just kind of filling in gaps for one obviously a big one filling in gaps of stories being able to tell the behind the scenes stuff so some smaller stories that play into the bigger picture i just think it's really cool so and it's a lot like it, it's almost like what if marvel what if for me where it's like it's a lot of just short stories going episode by episode but there's an overall story that they tell with each other and it's so cool like you said the action looks awesome the storytelling was amazing. I just loved, I, I was gripped into this, honestly. Like I, I watched all six, right? Just sat down and watched all of them right in a row because I was just so into it. And I mean, the animation looked awesome. The, the uh, voice actors coming back for these characters was super cool. I, it, 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 it helped me recognize those characters in some of the early stages that I might not have before. So yeah, I absolutely loved this. I did the same as you. I sat down and I binged it all in one sitting. Uh, it was fairly easy. It's only six episodes and they're all like 12 to 17 minutes long. So it's not a huge commitment. You could easily binge the whole thing in like an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes. The animation was definitely a step up from what I've seen for Star Wars animation so far. Again, I... I'm not that far into the Star Wars animation. I, I looked after watching these last night. I was like, how far into Clone Wars am I? I'm not as far as I thought I was. I am <laughs> I am in like the first five episodes of season three of Clone Wars. And it's been getting better, but it definitely like season one was a chore. I'm not gonna lie. Season one was very much a chore. Season two had sprinkles of the potential of the show uh there were definitely some storylines and some episodes uh especially with like mandalore and obi-wan that i was like oh i'm very interested in this stuff can we do more of this and not <laughs> like ahsoka and old man um 
like wombat jedi like looking for her lightsaber <laughs> like can we just kind of skip past those ones do i need to watch a whole episode of just clone troopers like training it's cool but no don't really need it this definitely felt like a step up and i say that with going into the mindset of i was hesitant going into this because of how lukewarm i've been about the animation and then especially the first short is the weakest of the six it's the one that i was like this does not need to be here i was not invested at all i am at the point in clone wars where ahsoka is like a whiny like annoying little brat that i'm just like can we just First of all, Anakin, you shouldn't even have a, a an a, an apprentice. But like, I'm I'm trying to like ignore my my thoughts and feelings on that, and I'm trying to accept you. But you're making it very hard by being so whiny all the goddamn time. So I'm not to the point where everybody, including uh, recent hosts of the show, Chad Coffin, Soka's like his his number one Star Wars character, and I'm like, how? Why? Haven't reached that point yet these six episodes definitely show me that potential but this first episode did not because she's a baby i don't care about baby ahsoka i don't care about her mom it is it interesting to see where she comes from like her her home planet her people their their kind of like way of living and their their beliefs and way of life sure but i it was it was a very long 15 minutes for me that that first episode and i was like oh boy is this what this whole thing's gonna be kyle you're cracking your knuckles here you're chomping at the bit to let me let you talk uh i'm very tempted to just keep on rambling and see how long (laughs) i can just get get you off on the wings there before you jump in and interrupt but i'll i'll be nice i'll pass the mic over to you thoughts i've been waiting patiently uh (laughs) I'll let you, I'll let you finish, but first I gotta no uh I I do I as soon as you said that you didn't like one of the episodes I knew which one it was gonna be, yeah just had a feeling. Listen, I get it. It it is it is the weakest out of the six. I will give you that. Yes. I don't think it's bad by any means because it tells the overarching story of Ahsoka's trilogy. I guess you could call it in this in this uh little thing here there's three episodes about ahsoka and there's three episodes about dooku which i I love again interconnecting stories being told at the same time i thought it was perfect this show starts introducing a character being hunted who is able to majestically get herself out of this which shows her potential going forward into the future this show then ends with that same person being hunted and reaching that potential and immediately overcoming those like reaching that potential and becoming one of the best like she that was honestly i know we'll probably i don't know how we're actually going to review any of this i just need to talk about that final fight the fact that it was like 10 seconds is fucking awesome we don't need epic duels that last 15 minutes every time we have a fight if we have a fighter who is that awesome who can just win in 10 seconds like that ah. Just so good because I was I, I was geared up. They were walking towards each other. The, the like you said, the cinematography and the animation was awesome. I was so looking forward to that fight. And then boom, 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 it's over in like three moves. I was just so hyped up. I like you said, I was I, I I'm not very far into Clone Wars. I don't really know that much about Ahsoka. I like what I've seen of her, but I don't know much other than like early days Clone Wars and the movie when I was little, like but this 
this little trilogy of Ahsoka, honestly, I'm I've been in a Star Wars mood with Andor. I've been wanting to go back and rewatch all the movies anyway. I'm probably now gonna throw Clone Wars in that timeline when I'm I'm gonna do a full rewatch like I do with my Marvel projects. Like I'm I'm gonna dive into all of this stuff because I'm just I'm just so hyped into it. But yes, the first episode, I mean it shows we, we get a deeper look into Ahsoka's people, a dying culture almost where the elders are still carrying on the traditions. And some of the people are kind of moving on from that, going into more modern living. But then all of a sudden, holy shit, we have a Jedi amongst us. And like she, I mean, the fact that she gets kidnapped by, I don't know, the the, the saber tooth tiger, the saber tooth tiger from uh, the from Ice Age or whatever his name was. <laughs> Sorry, um, I almost did a spit take there. If I could have thought of his name, I might have got you to take a drink there. Um, oh my god! No, I and I because I was like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, obviously some shit's gonna go down. Like, and then she gets kidnapped. I it was it was cool. Like I was on the hook. I didn't know what was gonna happen. Obviously, I knew she's gonna live, but I didn't know. Like it it was this very simple story that they told. And much like you, I think right after the episode, I was like, okay. Is this what this is going to be? Like, are we just going to get one story for each Jedi? Like, maybe an Origins type of thing? That's fine. But then we got three episodes of Dooku. And then we go... And then we come back to Ahsoka. And we get two really cool episodes of Ahsoka. And it was like... Again, this really cool overarching story that just... Again, plugged in some holes in different timelines. Told us some different things. But ultimately just telling a different side of these two Jedi that we already know pretty well, um, but showing a different light. Like it was, I, I really enjoyed um, the first episode in hindsight. I really enjoyed, but then the next, I mean, five were awesome. I really hope that people don't check out after that first episode. Like I can't imagine they if, do. If, if I was a casual viewer, and I didn't know anything about this other than, oh, a new Star Wars animation. Cool. Sure. I like this. If I if that's all I would have known about it, I probably would have checked out after episode one. It was the fact that I knew that we were going to be focusing on Dooku's backstory and like his journey to the dark side. And I was like, that sounds very interesting. Mm -hmm. Then you tack on the fact that they also announced too that Liam Neeson was going to be coming back for Qui Gon. I was like, all right, sold. I like, had no, I had no idea about that. I had no idea about Yaddle. I had no idea. I didn't know what this was going in. I knew all of a sudden after the first two episodes, I was like, oh, cool, we got Dooku and Ahsoka. Who are we going to talk about next? And then there was more Dooku. I was like, oh my god, okay, I'm into this. <laughs> So that first episode was very much like uh, baby and cat. And I was like, okay, like that's cheesy. Sure. Need it. No, like next. And then the next episode opens up and it's like, it's a fucking war torn planet that they land on. Like it's, I can't tell if it's battle damage or if that's just the way the planet is, but judging from, the dialogue and the story that's been built around this episode it was like yep this is this is definitely like battle torn land uh they land on this planet that's just charred like no leaves on the trees everything's black the ground's black the trees are black the sky's black like everything's dark everybody is like hiding inside their homes dooku and a very young uh, qui-gon jinn are walking through the city when they come into the pub when we find out they're looking for the son of a senator of this planet 
that has been kidnapped. And I was like, all right, here we go. Like dark, gritty. I'm all in for this. And this episode was the one where I was like, okay, like I'm in, like I am, I'm in for, for the rest of these little shorts because this was awesome. Like not only did it play with like morality and all that, like who's right, who's wrong. We, we got the great action of it too. Uh, this made me a wish that these were longer and B want like a full series of Dooku's backstory. Like we've got, we, we get tastes of this whole thing, but like, it is so interesting to see him not only like raise Qui-Gon, but the next episode after that, he's working with Mace Windu, like after Qui-Gon's come, gone off to be a Jedi Knight and no longer needs his master uh, to teach him anymore. So he's off doing missions. We get to see him set up the the clone army on Kamino uh, under the guise of Master Cypher Jesus. Attack of the Clones, episode two. Like, I was like, ooh, ooh. I felt like uh, Steve Rogers in Avengers being like, oh, oh, I get this reference. I, I get this. that reference. Yes, yes. And then that the the, la the last episode of his arc with with Yaddle. I was not only was it was like, oh, what happened to Yaddle? She showed up in uh, Phantom Menace and then we never see her again. Because now she wasn't at, she wasn't at the funeral. Yeah. And now we know why. Uh yes, this his Dooku's whole third, like three arcs, like I said, just makes me hunger for an actual limited series of like his backstory. I want to see how Qui-Gon turns into the Jedi that he is under the teachings of his master. Because in that first episode, when he's a very young apprentice, Dooku is not a good master. He's definitely showing that he's uh, starting to already succumb and lean towards the dark side. And it's his Padawan that has to step in at the end of the day to be like, hey, master, like, chill out. Like, I'm, we're, we're ending this. We're done here. Let's not go farther than this needs to go. Let's let's just cool it, pump the brakes a little bit. How do you learn from a master like that and become the Jedi that Qui-Gon Jinn was? Because he was def he's definitely the calm, collected master. You get a sense of like some things that he picked up from his master and in, in the sense of like Qui-Gon doesn't like to follow the rules all the time. And when the council tells him one thing, he's like, mm. like he, he challenges him constantly throughout episode one where he's like, mm, I, I get what you're saying, but uh, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. And definitely gets that from his master. But how do you turn into that Jedi Knight that you were under that kind of leadership? And especially it makes, it makes sense too in, Episode two, when Dooku is talking to Obi-Wan, when when he's got him captured on uh, on Geonosis, and he's talking about how he thought that he could turn Qui-Gon. And it's like us not seeing any of that relationship. We're like, yeah, uh-huh. I know the Qui-Gon from episode one. There's we're, we're definitely on Obi-Wan's side where it's like, there's no fucking way that he'd follow you. Whereas these quick three 15 to 17 minute story arcs definitely show you that huh you know i get where dooku's coming from maybe he could have convinced him do i do i still think he could have no but is the possibility that he could have a lot higher significantly 
And Dooku's Dooku himself is convinced that he could have. Like he in in this in this fourth episode of the show, like he's 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 angry at Maul, which is weird. He's angry at Darth Maul, but he's not angry at at uh, Palpatine. It's such an interesting thing. Like he still trusts in Palpatine after this, but he's angry that he let Maul do. The, it's like this weird. The way he phrases it, it's like to me, it definitely felt like the way that I read it, at least it sure. felt like he was angry at the emperor, but he realizes how powerful the emperor is. I think he which... trust in the emperor's plan at the end of the day. And that too, Obviously. like I would, I would love to see, I would love to see a tales of the Jedi season two, where the emperor or at this point, Palpatine um, recruits Dooku. I, I want to see the start of that conversation that eventually gets him to join his side. To me, it felt like an employee talking to a boss where it's like, <laughs> I am frustrated at the decisions that you're making. I'm going to tiptoe it carefully because mm -hmm. I know that you hold the power here. I'm going to place the blame on my mm -hmm. fellow employee when I know that like he was just following orders, but he's following your orders, mm -hmm. but I'm still going to make it in your eyes seem like it's his fault. Yeah. But, but like he 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 clearly said like I I think I could have turned him like I think he would have been a powerful ally for us like he yes. towards the end till the end I should say he thought that he was training Qui Gon to be at his side no matter what depend no matter what side they ended up on but I love I mean it's a consistent thing within Star Wars there's only ever two at the top on the Sith and Palpatine knew that so Palpatine almost knew that that Sith would have ended up go or that uh. Sorry, Dooku would have ended up going for Palpatine's spot with Qui-Gon at his side instead of uh, Dooku being at Palpatine's side. Like, it, it, it's it's this forward-thinking chess that the Sith always have to pick about on their own side, which is ult ultimately always their downfall on, on, on the other side. So, like, I love that dichotomy of everything. Like, I love how there's always a seed of the Master in the New Jedi like it, and we see it more and more as we dive deeper into every Jedi character. Like we just see how they connect to their master, and then what they pass on down to their Padawan, and then what they pass down. Like it's just, it's so cool. And but, but they still make every Jedi their own person and their own characteristics, even if they take a large part of the other char characteristics from their master. They're able to make it into their own, and they're able to warp reality into their own thinking it's so cool and we see that here obviously with dooku not only warping what he was taught but now warp it or but now teaching qui-gon and a little bit we get a little bit more context as to the qui-gon character that we see in the early movies so uh, yeah i absolutely loved everything the, again the yaddle thing was just i think it was just cool we don't we never really got to see much of yaddle yaddle was just kind of a throwaway character at one point and now there's now there's a lot to her, and I, I thought that was super cool. She looked badass raising that thing that gets slammed on top of her. Like you could see her sneaking into the middle of it as it gets as the door oh gets my shut gosh. on her. So I cool. thought she, I thought she was done. Yep. I thought she was done. <laughs> so I'm I'm watching these in the living room, sitting on the couch with the dog. My girlfriend's sitting at the kitchen table behind us. Uh she's working on her notes uh for work. Cause she I quote unquote burnt her out of Star Wars uh when Rise of Skywalker came out because I was like 
Because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to see this movie and you can't see this movie with me until you watch the rest of them. Because at this point, she hadn't watched any of them. Um, and so I made her watch one through eight. And then I threw in Rogue One in there, too. And completely burnt her out of Star Wars to the fact where she loves uh, Grogu, Baby Yoda, refuses to call him Grogu. And refuses to watch Mandalorian. She's like, I can love this thing and not watch this. And I'm like, nope, that's sacrilege. You're lucky we're still dating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she's sitting behind me as I'm watching this, and the door slams down on Yaddle. And I was like, I was like, oh shit. And she's like, what? What happened? And I was like, they just killed fucking Yaddle. She's like, what the fuck's a Yaddle? <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, that sounds that sounds rough. And I was and then as she's saying this, I'm just like, oh nope, she's still alive. What? How? Yeah, yeah. So Show, cool. showing her her strength with the force, but it's not enough. Like use all of her strength to lift that door up so she could get out. Just to have Dooku then like cut her down with the lightsaber. The question that I have though is after now getting a little bit more of Yaddle, why does Yoda talk the way he does? So this for is the real, longest so, time. Yeah, for the longest time, I thought, oh, that's just how a species talks. But then Yaddle talks like a completely normal person, and I was like, oh, nope, that's just the Yoda thing. I've why? Been, <laughs> I've been seeing a lot about this lately. I don't know why this is. I think this specific, you know, the Yaddle episode, I think, has brought a lot of co- this conversation to light too. Apparently, Star Wars fans and just general media and gen and in in totality here has like way over exaggerated yoda and the way he talks like sometimes apparently it's not all the time that he talks like i don't know i again i want to rewatch all these movies because now i'm curious too but it's like yeah why does he talk like that like is it a speech impediment is it like uh he talks backwards all the time and by backwards i, I mean like, all the time though he jumps in the middle of the sentence and gives you the second half before the first half like i don't know almost I'm... it's almost every time I'm curious and I almost want to like keep track <laughs> and like take notes while I'm watching these movies because I'm so ca- I want to do a deep dive into this. I really do because 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 yeah, I think everyone assumed that like oh Yoda's people talk like this, but then Yaddle's just like speaking normal <laughs> and everyone's like no stop what OCD at its best right there. Exactly. If you if yeah. you actually do keep keep count and keep tally, <laughs> I can't wait. Um, no, but like it, it, so these these middle three episodes i guess we'll call them these dooku episodes dooku has always been one of my most i i've always been super interested in dooku like i i've never been super big into the prequels i was raised on the three and then i was in the theater experience for for the later the last you know seven through nine so but i was never huge on the prequels but dooku was always interesting to me i love his fighting style the fact that it's almost a different form of jedi fighting like I, I've always been intrigued by that. His lightsaber has been cool. The way he presents himself, and I never knew his backstory. Like I, I guess sometimes I, I don't think too much about a backstory of someone. You know, to me, I never realized or thought about the fact that Dooku was a fucking Jedi at one point, and that he had a Padawan, and that like I never crossed my mind at any point. So when this first episode comes up. They never, they don't say each other's names until very late in the episode, which I think is awesome. And I just started to slowly, like, I think that's Count Dooku. You know, like, I was, it, it, I, I recognize the voice and the mannerisms, and the voice actor did a very good job. 
And then it slowly started to click because I started to realize, oh, I think that's Qui-Gon Jinn. And then, you know, which, by the way, they got Liam Neeson's son to play young Qui-Gon Jinn, which is awesome. They should cast him if they do any early shit because he did a phenomenal job. But I just love that immediate, like, they're not, like, starting the episode and Count Dooku goes to this planet. It's like, no, they, they just introduce these characters and slowly make you realize <laughs> that. Oh, I'm sorry, that just reminded me of Clone Wars. Like, every episode starts starts with, the yes. Republic is in grave danger as the Empire, or as the Resistance, closes in. Qui-Gon Jinn and his apprentice, Obi-Wan, are in the midst of a battle in this here episode. We're going to drop you in right now. <laughs> That's meanwhile not the legion of doom <laughs> you know exactly but i love I, I just love the subtlety of bringing them in and showing the character development without fully blowing it in your face who it was uh the second episode was super cool of dooku being smarter than everyone and th that superiority the superiority complex forming like he 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 almost figured it out right away and he's able to confront this guy and he's just super confident about it. They know what's happening. I love again the fact that they attack with droids so the Jedi don't know that they're coming from behind, but they're still quick enough to react. There's a there's just so much good storytelling within this. And then yeah, we already talked enough about and the Yaddle. I don't think Yaddle should have announced her presence when she did. To, no. Uh, but it's what had to be done. I want to go back to the second episode of Dooku's arc. Sure. The thing that I found the most interesting about that was Mace Windu. That whole okay. episode of him just kind of like sitting off to the side and being like, I don't know about this. And like the whole episode, he's watching Dooku and how Dooku's doing all like all these things. It's like and at this point, he's just a fellow Jedi Knight along mm -hmm. with Dooku. Like he's he's he not gets, on the he council. Gets, he, get, he gets mad because Dooku gets promoted to the council before uh mace windu does no it's uh it's mace windu reverse those names around mace windu gets elected to the council dooku doesn't dooku's mad at mace windu oh my god you're right yeah i did have and mace and and he's like how, like you must have known like dooku's trying to place blame on mace windu he's like oh you must have known what was going on must have known that they were going to do all this like it's not fair mace windu's like no like i had no idea we were both sent on the same mission we were both sent to do this thing, but you were the one who made the choices that you made. You're the one who got the the senator uh, killed and all of the people there killed. Like you, you made your decisions and they were not the right decisions. And the council was aware of that and chose me. And I, again, this these three short episodes just made me so hungry for more on dooku because and qui-gon uh, unlike you i gave zero shits about dooku i'm and i'm hoping that clone wars does a better job of developing this because so far he's just like the the guy in charge general of of uh the separatist army there's but probably the some really roles, angry star wars fans just yelling into their phone right now while they're listening to this probably but I I did not find Dooku interesting at all in the prequels. I felt like the actor was completely wasted. You you had such a talented actor, a guy who played Sauron, a guy 
who did how like numerous amounts of like high acting back in back in his time a guy who did his own heavy metal music like on top <laughs> of that and then you're you're like here we want you in the star wars universe great and you did absolutely nothing with him the only interesting part about his character was that he was qui-gon's master and that was the established in episode two and then he had the cool lightsaber fight with yoda at the end of that but otherwise he's dead right away within the first 20 minutes of revenge of the sith great like didn't use him at all in this movie and he was mostly just i felt like he didn't really serve much of a purpose in episode two so i i've never been that interested in him you give me a little taste of his backstory though within these episodes and i'm like oh i want to know more i want to know what turned him to the dark side i want to know how he trained qui-gon i want to know how the other jedi felt about him as he's starting to rise to the dark side if they're noticing these things i almost feel like they had to have and i want to see what caused him to leave the jedi order and then go on to be his own thing because it felt like in episode two everybody was kind of surprised when he came back and he was like a sith he was on the dark side and everybody's like oh like where where did he go where did he come from i want to know these things too but then you just give me these three episodes and be like, no, here it, it's it's a Dooku cuck. It's like don't don't tease me, don't don't fluff it like cuck Dooku. Sorry, yes, <laughs> exactly. Like if if they do a season two of this, make the episodes a little bit longer, and if they decide to go more into Dooku as well as like other things in Star Wars that like. I, I don't know right now that I need until you show me that I, I need these things. That's what I'm asking because I would love a limited series about Dooku's past animated. I think live action would be awesome. Just, just give it to me. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you think you, you look at the, the few shows that we have gotten. I mean, there's been to me, the live action shows, at least there's two for them and there's two for us. They gave us Obi-Wan and Boba Fett. Like, those are the two that the fans have been asking for for years, years. They wanted solo movies. Obviously, now there's the streaming world. I don't think that was an option back then. But we, we've we been asking for these two things. But then they also were like, okay, but we're also going to give you Mandalorian and Andor. <laughs> you know, we're going to dive deeper into the Star Wars universe. So, I mean, I think there's, there's a chance they drop this as like a little, let's see how people react to Dooku and his pat and his his backstory maybe people start asking for more from him and then we can green light a prequel to dooku's story i think that'd be super interesting i'd be i'd be all into it i really would i would i'd be very intrigued to watch that let's get into the last two with ahsoka yes. before we wrap this up again not a fan of ahsoka at this point in my viewing in clone wars if anything i was excited the only thing that made me excited about ahsoka was rosario dawson in Mando uh, season two, and then the promised uh, return of her in her own series, which the things that I've heard about that show, it's like, okay, I need to definitely A, like get through Clone Wars, and then B, watch Rebels before oh. I can even start Ahsoka, because it sounds like live action continuation of Rebels from the, the little bit that I've heard about her series, which it's interesting if that's the case because it's going to be 
a challenge for them to not just get those hardcore Star Wars fans that have watched all the animated stuff, but get your casual audience and then your Star Wars audience that's only into live action to understand what's going on. But regardless, I've never been interested in this character until these two shorts. The first, well, the fifth episode, I guess I should say, follows Ahsoka uh, training uh, with Anakin. And I feel like it did a better job of showing this master training, the apprentice, a hell of a lot better than they did with at least within the first two seasons of Clone Wars and like four episodes of of season three of Clone Wars. She starts off just how I remembered her, whiny and annoying. And I was like, oh, great. Here we go. But by the end of this episode, I was like, oh, I I'm starting to see. I'm starting to understand why people think that she's like badass, that she's awesome. And then the last episode where it it takes place after Revenge of the Sith, uh, she shows up at Padme's funeral, talks to Senator Organa, which was awesome it's mm-hmm. like okay like I, I i see how she was able to sneak past uh past the empire here we got we a see... little a little glimpse of uh mon mothma as well yes uh we see her just like obi-wan started uh living a normal life farming and then we get an inquisitor that shows up uh because one of her, the farmer people figures out that she's a Jedi and turns her in and and you kind of already uh broke down this fight scene which I I will admit was awesome I was like ooh, a the Inquisitor looked badass oh he looked amazing he looked awesome his voice was cool I was like ooh, this is gonna be a fucking I just looked this up I just looked this up do you know who voiced him who Clancy Brown really (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Nice. Fucking awesome. Nice. So I was I was all geared up. I was like, ooh, this is gonna be an epic showdown. How is she gonna take him out? He's got his his double-sided inquisitor lightsaber. She doesn't have a lightsaber on her right now. How's this gonna she fucking like manages to get the lightsaber and cut us off? Like you said, in 10 seconds, I was like, okay. I I get it now. Like she's a fucking badass. She's and just awesome. The way that she carried herself throughout this whole ep- that whole last episode too, where like she's trying not to get too attached to people, she's trying to like keep to herself, do her own thing. She had every right to be like, "Fuck you, guy who turned me in," and she's just like, "Nope, I get it." Like, but now you guys have to you you're on the run now, like, because clearly, not only did this Inquisitor die, but you let a Jedi escape. Because you're letting me escape. Because I just showed you how badass I am. And that there's no way you can contain me if you wanted to. I mean, none of those words were said. But the way that she carried herself, it was like, that was that was the tone. That was the message. Um, but she helps them. She helps them, like, escape. She helps them go on the run. And she goes off and she calls Organa back. He's like, are you sure you're ready to get back into this fight? That's how it ends. And it's like, ooh, yes, I... Again, I want to see more. This, to wrap this whole mm-hmm. Tales of the Jedi up, because I feel like that's where I'm leading with, with this next thing I'm going to say. It's a success. Because it did the one thing that the animated Star Wars, for me, hasn't done yet. And that is to 
get me interested into seeing more. They they told great stories and they they left they told just enough and left just enough unsaid where it, it wants it makes me want more. I am like sitting here salivating for more. I've already like talked for 20 minutes about how I just want a Dooku limited series. I am a even more excited for the Rosario Dawson live action Ahsoka series and B I'm kind of in the same boat as you where like the reason I went to check and see how far I was into Clone Wars was I was like I I feel like I need to start this up again I I want to jump back in after seeing after seeing that I want to trudge through at this point I feel like trudge through to the point where it gets good because there's got to be a reason it lasted for seven seasons. It's got to be a reason why not just the creators, but the fans consider it canon. Mm-hmm. I'm not at that point yet. And it's it's kind of bad that it's that I'm into season three and I still feel that way. But it's got to get to that. It's got to get better. It's got to get to that point. And just kind of like scrolling through the little thumbnails of season three and kind of reading the short little blurbs about the episode, I feel like I'm very close. I feel like I'm still like maybe four episodes of, of, of trudging through to the point to where it's like, okay, now we're getting to the good stuff, but I'm excited again. And the fact that I wasn't before this says that this was a complete success. Yeah. I, I'm currently binge watching something else but as soon as i'm done with that i'll talk about that in a, in a second here but as soon as i'm done watching that again i'm going to dive back into the star wars universe and probably you know start watching rebel I've, I've never seen rebels i've started clone wars before i never finished it need to dive into that stuff because yeah like you said this has just made me so hungry for future projects past projects that i haven't that i've missed out on like i i'm ready to dive fully into this universe i just can't wait i think my favorite not not my favorite detail the fight was the best part about this episode but the, but the one of my one detail that i really liked about that last episode was they had the inquisitor had uh both farmers whatever just ca- kind of captive and trying to bring ahsoka in and he was about to i think you know th- th- he was about to kill the guy who turned in ahsoka and it's like you know haven't i you know haven't i earned a reward for turning in a jedi to you and he was like here's your reward and he was about to decapitate i just for some reason i really like the detail of instead of ahsoka trying to attack him right away and like force push him away where there could still be some physical casualties with the two farmers she immediately pulls him out of the way so that he doesn't get his head cut off and then and then you know goes towards the inquisitor like she gets him out of harm's way it was just like it's a smart way to do things where i don't you know we don't a lot of times see that we see the immediate attack or retaliation or blocking of an attack or something Get, immediately getting the civilians out of the way for the battle i thought i i just thought that was a really nice touch like i'm just so excited for ahsoka i want to cut in for like two seconds before mm-hmm. you give your final thoughts to so just say i also liked in the first two episodes of dooku's storyline where it's the first time besides andor where you get a little gray in star wars where yeah. it's not like it's not like black and white you know good versus evil like empire versus resistance or in the prequel sense like republic versus separatists like it's there's gray lines Th- those first two episodes showed that 
the senators that were involved in those episodes who are supposed to be the good guys, they were not good people. Like, it's the first time that the prequel showed that, like, you know, maybe... And and the, even Dooku challenges uh, Mace Windu at the end of that second episode of, like, maybe we shouldn't be just following orders all the time. Maybe we shouldn't just be maybe doing... Maybe we shouldn't listen to the Senate. <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't listen to what the Senate, like, tells us to do all the time. And the prequels very much, like, told us these things. These six episodes showed them like it's one thing to tell it's another thing to show show and, don't tell it is the yes. easiest way to tell a story don't tell me that something is happening show me that it's happening yes and that was one of the things that that these that these shorts did a very good job of is for the first time it's not just the good guys versus the bad guys it's the the good guys aren't that good and the bad guys aren't that bad all it, the time. It only deepens Dooku and his reasoning for his thinking. Because, like you said, the senator in the second episode, yes, he would. It's it's like there's there's compassion on both sides. The senator, his son was kidnapped. There's a reason he's using this much force. But he shouldn't be using this much force. Well, so yeah, but like his son was like, look at the state that you put these people yes. in. It's no wonder why they kidnapped me. They're yes. desperate. Like yes. they're desperate because of you and how exactly. you're how you're managing this planet. And then the way that Dooku retaliates is with even more unnecessary force that Qui-Gon ultimately talks him out of. But you see why Dooku is doing that because he sees the senator as overstepping his boundaries. It's just such good depth into a character to make us feel for both of them even though both of them are in the wrong at that moment uh, like morally you know like in the way that of the story it's just that's just incredible all, storytelling all again within 12 to 17 minutes Ugh. the shortest episode was 12 minutes long the longest episode was 17 it's so weird. it's yeah I guess Kyle, why don't you give us your your overall final thoughts? Since I cut you off, and we're <laughs> we're talking in chunks here. Yeah, no. I, overall final thoughts. This was awesome. I I want more. I would love a season two, even if they dive into different characters, or if we get more. I think we should get a standalone Dooku series at some point. We're getting the Ahsoka series. I need to dive more into these Clone Wars and these animated shows. I need to dive more into the prequels again. I just I I love everything Star Wars right now. Everything that they've been doing. Uh, has just been awesome. Yeah, give us more, more of this, and I will be a happy, happy boy. <laughs> We're now going to jump into one of our favorite segments on this podcast, the best off recommendations of the week. Before we do that, though, we're going to take a quick ad break. And then when we come back from that ad break, we're going to give you guys the best off recommendations that we had last week uh, we cut those out of last week's episode because that episode was already running pretty long and as you notice that episode went up pretty late because things got very chaotic on the editor's end aka me uh last friday and i had a hard time getting that episode out so uh to save some time i cut out the best stuff from last week so we are going to give that to you guys this week right after the ad break we need to jump into one of our favorite segments on this show. We need to give you guys the best stuff recommendations of the week. Kyle, what is the best stuff that you have for us this week? 
gonna go a little unorthodox here oh this is i'm going to give a best off we will never we've never done before and we'll never be able to do again i'm going to talk about something that no one can watch <laughs> it's gonna be hard to explain so this past sunday was the two-year anniversary of something very dear to my heart called unis honest it was the name unis honest is latin i believe for one year it was a youtube series that two creators markiplier and ethan crank gameplays collaborated on they created a channel and their their main mission was to upload one video every day for 365 days and then at the end of it they delete the entire channel that was the that was the whole thing their message behind it was live every day do what you're going to do because at the end of the day this is going to end so you are either along for the ride or you're going to miss it and i was one of those people who was there from day one with unis honest and it was a bunch of nonsense videos it was them going out and doing a bunch of things like learning to eat fire those kind of like carny tricks or walk on glass or do goat yoga and that kind of stuff they were just kind of uploading nonsense videos but the core of the channel was to experience life and expand and live in the moment and do do whatever you want to do it's almost like a like a you only live once type of thing but without the dumb shit that that came with uh back then it was it was going out and experiencing new things trying new things not being afraid to live the day because at because at some point there's not going to be a tomorrow and it was it was hard for it not to be a dark message they played they they told the line very well and it ended up being something incredibly special i mean i i have it tattooed on my body <laughs> like the memento mori was one of their main messages it I, I believe it loosely translates to uh death is coming or death comes for all or something along those lines and it was just it was delivering that message yes we're, we're here and life is long but at the end of the day it's really not that long like we well, we all have a limited time in in the place that we are and you can't just kind of waste it away doing the same thing over and over every day and i yeah it was it was something incredibly special to me for that year it was it it, it happened very i mean it happened in late 2019 and most of 2020 so it was a dark time for a lot of people um but it was one of the darkest times in my life too and it it was one of those daily things that i could go to and just kind of escape for 10 to 20 minutes every day and just kind of live in the moment with these two heed the message and then kind of move on with my day with a brighter outlook so again this is unfortunately something that no one not even myself can go back and watch they they genuinely on the last day they did a 12 hour live stream where they were kind of reliving moments and just talking about everything and and going over the past year but on on live stream they completely deleted the channel and all the videos with it they have never gone back to it they've said several times that they're never going to go back to it because you can't 
capture that magic again. It was something truly special. I wish people, I wish it was bigger. I wish a lot of, a lot more people were able to experience it, but I'm lucky enough to have lived through that. And I just wanted to bring light to that because like I said, it was the two year anniversary this past weekend and it was something incredibly special to me. Yeah. I had never even heard of it until <laughs> you were talking about it right now. So, um, part of me wonders like, like, yeah, they deleted the channel. Mm -hmm. like on, on the live stream and all that but like i i know me personally like if that was me i'd be like yep i'll, I'll show us deleting the channel and all the mm -hmm. and all the footage off the channel but like mm -hmm. i've got this on my own personal oh know. absolutely and and i will say there's people who have saved all the videos because it's youtube you can save any video you want you can re-upload it they've done a decent job at taking down videos there's compilations out there where you can relive moments they take down full videos there's websites I have found in my own curiosity. There's websites with the full videos with all 365 of them. So technically you could go out and, re and relive this, but it's not the same because you're not living in the actual time. You're not living in the moment where they were doing exclusive merch, drop merch drops for, you know, a single week. You can only get this shirt for these next seven days and then it's literally gone forever. You're, you're not the experience of the channel was the channel. It's not the videos. The videos never mattered. They've said that several times. The videos never mattered. The videos are fun, and there's a lot of great moments in those videos, but the videos never mattered. It was the experience and being a part of the magic at the moment. I could go back and watch all 365 videos right now, but it wouldn't be as special as living in that moment and being a part of that channel when it was live. It's fair enough. Be curious if they ever come back. And, and do something similar or something like it yeah. again. The past two years, they've they've both gotten together and done a short video, reminiscing almost, talking about it, just to commemorate it. And they probably will every year. But it's again, it's it's all it's all about the experience that it was. My best stuff recommendation for this week is a little weird. It's a little weird movie that came out two weeks ago on the Roku channel. Weird. The Weird Al movie. This is a, a quote-unquote biopic on the life of Weird Al. It is completely true, not false in any sense of the matter. <laughs> Every fact about this movie is absolutely true. <laughs> As uh, Weird Al opens up uh, at the be at the beginning of the movie, this is on the Roku channel. It, Daniel Radcliffe, our Harry Potter, uh, plays Weird Al Yankovic in this movie. There's a lot of celebrity cameos in this movie. If you are a Weird Al fan, this is the movie for you because this movie not only has like the spirit of like who weird al is and like his music but like it's it definitely can be very inside baseball where like if you know things about weird al if like you're a fan of his music if you know his music like you're gonna pick up more from this movie than you would if you were just like a casual person that's like oh weird al i i know nothing about this guy let's turn on this movie and watch it probably not the best movie for it because Weird Al is best known for his parodies of famous songs. 
this movie is definitely a parody on biopics about the king of parodies. There, this movie gets so ridiculous at times where it's like, where are we really going here in this movie? It is, it's a lot of fun. It's free on the Roku channel. So all you have to do is you have to just download the Roku app. It's like the first thing that shows up when you go into the app. The downside that I will say is that the at least my viewing experience of it, and, and maybe it's because like I don't have a Roku account or a Roku plug-in thing or a Roku TV. I just downloaded the app on my smart TV and watched it through there. So I don't know if that's like the reason for it but this was very much like watching a movie on primetime tv where like every five to ten minutes there was a three minute ad and i was like like a three minute ad break and i was like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) like i just want to watch this movie it's an hour and 46 minutes and i think it took like of like two and a half hours just to get through it just because of all the stupid commercials and ads so that's the downside of it but if you are a Weird Al fan, I highly, 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 highly recommend you check it out. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of, like I said, if you're a Weird Al fan, there's a lot of a lot of jokes that you're gonna pick up on. And even if you're not the biggest Weird Al fan, you're 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 gonna be able to tell right away that this is like <laughs> that you don't take this movie serious. Like this movie is a parody on the biopics they do all the tropes that biopics uh, on singers and musicians do and it like goes that one step beyond it there are some big like story moments of this movie that like weird al himself through like like press and publicity for this movie was like yeah that's like, like that's not true his character in the movie has a relationship with madonna and during uh, the press, he said that, like, his uh, interactions with Madonna w- was literally, like, a 30-second conversation with her. <laughs> and so, like, that that's, like, the kind of stuff that you can expect with this movie. But it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it gets wild. It gets outrageous. But it, if you're a Weird Al fan, this is a, a not-miss movie. It's... It might be one of my favorite movies of the year, but I'm a huge Weird Al fan. And so this movie was made for me. This movie was made for the Weird Al fans. Uh, It's it's definitely a love letter parody uh, to you all. So definitely check it out. It's free on the Roku app. So all you have to do is download the Roku app. And it's like I said, it's going to be one of the first thing that shows up on the homepage. Definitely check it out. It's worth the time. Wow. Kyle, wasn't that great, those recommendations that we had last week? Not only did we have your uh, YouTube channel recommendations that we can no longer watch, but we had some great content from my end as well that people can still check out and enjoy. Why don't you recover from last week and give us something that people can actually enjoy in this week's Best Off Recommendations? I regret nothing, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to make up for it, to make up for it. I technically have two. You mentioned at the beginning of the episode of us being thankful this week, fitting for the season. I am thankful for two things in my life uh, that I spend the most time on, that being sitcoms and video games. So I'm going to talk about those two things very quickly. Recently, I have been re-binge watching 
Parks and Recreation, which is my second all-time favorite show behind Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I fucking love this show so much. I I'm I'm already in the last season, which I I just I just everything about this show, Michael Schur and every show that he does really, but everything about the show, the characters are so well fledged out. The stories are accurate, and there's not really any you know continuity errors or anything. They they, they bring up things from fucking seasons ago. They're, the story, everyone has a happy ending towards it. Like it's just so, and it's hilarious. I mean early Chris Pratt, him breaking out into the scene on Parks and Recreation is just one of the best things. Aubrey Plaza is amazing. Ron Swanson, I can't even think of his name, but he basically is just him in, in the show. I Every single character in this show is funny and there's depth to them. There's a reason why they are, they are who they are. I just absolutely love the show. I've cried about 10 times over the past week watching the final couple seasons because, again, they just make things so emotional in a sitcom, and it's awesome. So definitely, if you've never seen it, go watch Parks and Recreation because it's genuinely one of the best sitcoms ever. It's one of my all-time favorite sitcoms as well. I remember this was, God, the pandemic throws a wrench in time uh, <laughs> as always, but I, I feel like, and it's probably not the case, but I feel like it was like five or six years ago when I was like big and just getting into Brooklyn nine, nine. And I remember reaching out to you and this was before you had even started it, which I want to take the credit for. I, I may not be true, but I'm going to take the credit for in this podcast of getting you onto that show when I said that my rankings of three shows were as followed. And I said, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Parks and Recreation, and then last but not least, The Office. And I remember you being like, what? <laughs> this, was, this was actually, I want to say, I want to say June or somewhere in the summer of 2020. So it was middle of the pandemic. No, I, it was it was earlier than that. Because... No, because I know it was because I was first of all, I know it was 2020 because I was living in a house. It was a weird time at the end of my college run where obviously the pandemic was happening. But it was the first episode of you and Chad were on first round KO, which birthed Midwesterners. I know for a fact. <laughs> then okay, that that must have been the second time because I know okay. there was a time before that when oh, I brought okay, up Brooklyn okay. Nine-Nine. And I know this because I was working third shift at my mm. factory job. Okay. And it was, I was catching up with Brooklyn Nine-Nine at the time. And I remember reaching out to both you and Chad with that same thing. And his reaction was, that's sacrilege. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then you, I remember you were like, What? If you're praising the show that high, like I gotta check it out, and then you didn't. Yep, it clearly took me a very be long time to... because because it didn't take until the Midwesterners. But I I remember it was during that time when I was working on third shift because I reached out to you about that when the nine nine goes to nights, and that that two that two episode story arc of them working the night shift was the most accurate <laughs> representation of working the night shift that I had ever ex like experienced in my life other than working it. 
and the fact that I was working at the time and seeing it, like I was both laughing and crying at the same time because I was like, this is hilarious, but this is too true. So I remember that I was sure, working okay. nights, which was before 2020, because I was I was working from home uh, in 2020. Uh, during the Kyle pandemic. didn't listen to a recommendation from a friend. <laughs> um, we know that this to be true. But anyway, yes, go watch Parks and Rec. Go watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm, we've talked about it plenty of times. The top uh, two favorite shows but, from both yeah, of us. Love Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah. I I don't have Peacock, so I wish that it, I missed the days when it was still on Netflix, when I could just go back at any point in time and watch it. I am a little too snobby to buy DVDs at this point. It's It's... I don't go below Blu-rays. <laughs> um, I'm just and, saying, Parks uh, Peacock is only five dollars, six dollars a month, I think. But it's got Parks and Rec, it's got The Office, it's got The Good Place, it's got Psych, it's got everything. They need, they they just need to release Parks and Rec on Blu-ray, and then I'll <laughs> buy it, and then I'll relive it and enjoy it. But I do, I do really love that show. I like that show more than The Office, and for the majority of the world that's like got a huge heart on for the office. That's yeah. that's saying something. Uh, I like the office, but it's not even, it's honestly not in my top five, but I still love it. Uh, yeah. Parks and Rec definitely sits above it for me. And so that's, that's adding to your recommendation of not just you're recommending it, mm-hmm. but I'm also backing that as well. <laughs> yes. And just to top it off to go back to video games, I haven't even played it yet. I literally just got it today, but I need to talk about it because it's a big part of my life. The new Pokemon games are out. Oh, jeez. I got Pokemon. Wait until, next, wait until next week to best no, stop that. No, it's Pokemon, and I'm going to love it. I don't care. I would, if I had it in this room with me, and if I didn't have to go to the front of the house, into the front of the house where the dog is locked up right now i would go and grab it i also bought video games this week too uh with black friday there was um a hot wheels game that came out uh last year yeah Yeah. uh which you're like what hot wheels beat that i (laughs) i grew up with my first like legit video game system was the windows 98 (laughs) <laughs> and and one of the games that i had on there was a hot wheels racing game which was so fun because each track was in a different part of a house and the funnest track was it started in the backyard and went into the basement and then came back out into the backyard again i loved that game it also had this feature where you could build your own track And I was like, that's awesome. And then this Hot Wheels game came out last year on the Switch. And it sounded exactly like that, where you could build your own tracks. It had like a lot of really cool built-in tracks. But they also had the the add-on of, hey, we got a lot of really cool cars on here. A lot of really cool, well-known cars. Like you can race with the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Hey, we'll have a, a, a DLC where you can do drive in batman's new batmobile from the batman like stuff like that where i was like once that game gets cheap i'm gonna fucking pick that up this week target had it for 20 bucks and i was like hell yeah target also had sonic frontiers oh the new 3d sonic game for 60 percent off 
and that game just came out a month ago. And yeah. I was like, yep, that's that's an instant buy. That's an easy one. I haven't played either of them yet because, like I said, I I was talking to Kyle before we even started recording. I haven't even had the chance to watch last week's episode of Andor, let alone the season finale. So it's been a little crazy. Hopefully, with uh, my extended weekend here, I'll, I can find some time to uh, crack into some of those games and have those to be my best stuff for next week. But for this week, I am going to best off one of, if not my all-time favorite TV show. A show that the day we're recording, Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022, is celebrating its 59th anniversary. Doctor Who. The story of an alien time lord who can travel throughout time and space and he has the ability to regenerate so it's a genius uh little ploy that the show came up with back in the day where we can recast our main actor and call it the same character and it works and makes sense uh the show continues to uh grow and evolve it's like i said 59 years today uh next year is the big 60th anniversary which I am all too excited for the most excited I've been for Dr. Who in quite some time, because I will say the last five years, ugh, can't believe I'm saying that the last five years have been rough. No, it's not because we had our first female doctor. I'm not like a misogynistic pig asshole over here being like, uh, my, my lead character was a girl. That's stupid. No, yeah, you hated she hulk too. So no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's that's not the reason why those last five years have been rough. The last five years have been rough is because uh, we had a really shitty showrunner who just had terrible writing and storytelling throughout the last five years, the last three seasons. Um, yeah, three seasons in five years. Also put that together. Uh, yes, the pandemic had a role in that, but not as big of a role as you would think. We're getting back the showrunner that brought the series back uh in 2005 when it had been canceled back in 1986 i think brought the show back to life uh in the modern era um he's come back we are getting our first african-american doctor uh shudagatwa uh he plays eric in netflix's sex education very excited for him to come back uh, we get David Tennant before that for three specials as not the 10th doctor, but the 14th doctor question mark. Yeah. I'm asking the same questions as you. That means nothing I'm also, to me. <laughs> I'm also very excited because it's coming to Disney plus brand new episodes are going to be on Disney plus going forward. It's not going to be an absolute pain in the ass to watch brand new episodes of doctor who. Uh, so it'll be very readily available to everybody. It's a show that's a little bit hard to get into. I will admit I got into this back in college. Um, I was dating a girl at the time that was absolutely obsessed with the show. And I was like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about half the time. I feel like I need to watch this so I can at least understand what you're talking about and what you're passionate about. The first season of the revival. So the, the, Season one of the modern age with Christopher Eccleston. Uh, I almost tapped out back in the day. If I wasn't dating who I was dating at the time and wanting to know more about the show, I would have tapped out because it 
it didn't fully hook me. It wasn't until David Tennant came in in season two uh, where I was, by the end of that season, I was like, all right, I'm in. Uh, I'm hooked. I'm in for the ride. So it's a little bit hard of a show to get into. Chad, uh, previous host of the show, I've tried to get him into the show in the past. He watched season one. I think he watched part of season two. Wasn't his jive. So it's not for everybody. It's not a show where I'm like, you should start here. You should start there. What I do is I kind of pick and choose episodes to recommend to people. And then if I'm like, if you like this, like you're going to love this show. So the three episodes that I usually go with are Blink. It's David Tennant's third season. So the third season of the modern era. It's the first episode with the Weeping Angels. Uh, they are uh, angel statues that come to life only when you when you're not looking, hence the phrase don't blink. And instead of killing you, they send you back in time and they feed off of like your life energy. So like you can't come back to like the present time. Like they send you back in time and like you're stuck there well, and have to live the rest of your life throughout that way. And they feed off of the energy of like the life you could have lived. Very interesting stuff. It They're freaky. Uh, it's definitely jump scary type stuff it's an episode that isn't doctor centric he's very much like a side character and you're focusing on like like a, a common person like me and you like going through this stuff who's who doesn't have the help of the doctor uh so that's an interesting episode that i i like to recommend to people and another episode is vincent and the doctor and this is with matt smith's 11th doctor in season five uh they go back in time and hang out with uh vincent van gogh and it is an absolutely interesting episode because you, you kind of live in the life uh, with Vincent uh, for like a week uh, as you're trying to figure out this alien that's like attacking their times. You, it deep dives into the character of Vincent, though, and has a heartbreaking ending that like for a common viewer will will send them to tears uh but it's it's an absolutely phenomenal episode and i will say if you're interested in the show at all i would i'm at the point where i would recommend starting at season five it's the first season with the 11th doctor played by matt smith who if you're a game of thrones fan plays prince damon in house of the dragon so right there, you have an actor that you already know playing the lead character in this. His companion is Karen Gillan, who plays Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. So right there, you've got two actors that you recognize. It's it's a good starting on point because it's a new doctor. Uh, it's a it's a new it, it's almost like a mini a mini reboot. Like it, it, you're brand new. You got brand new characters, brand new doctor, brand new scenario, and that's kind of the point in time where I'm at right now, where I'd recommend starting with this show. And if you like that, then you can jump back into the David Tennant, uh, Christopher Eccleston stuff, especially the David Tennant stuff. You won't regret jumping into that. He's my doctor. He's my favorite. But yeah, I I absolutely love this show. I could. I've already been talking for like 10 minutes about it. I could talk for probably 30 more minutes, an hour long more about this, but it's my all time favorite show. I want to read a quote from one of the showrunners that kind of encapsulates the character. The showrunner for Matt Smith's and Peter Capaldi's era uh, said this about the doctor. 
when they made this particular hero, they didn't give him a gun. They gave him a screwdriver to fix things. They didn't give him a tank or a warship or an X-Wing fighter. They gave him a call box from which you can call for help. They didn't give him a superpower or pointy ears or a heat ray. They gave him an extra heart. They gave him two hearts. And that's an extraordinary thing. There will never come a time when we don't need a hero like the Doctor. Very much encapsulates that character as a whole. I love the show. I'll definitely be talking about it more, uh, especially next year when the new stuff starts coming out for the 60th anniversary. Uh, Highly, 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 highly recommend it. Check it out. The modern era, you can find uh, seasons 1 through 13 on HBO Max. They're all up streaming right now. You can catch up there for the new stuff when that comes out in 2023, a year from now, November 23rd, 2023, the new stuff starts uh, on Disney+. Plus. So you got a whole year to catch up with the old stuff on HBO Max. I highly recommend it. We have been your Midwestern nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to midwesternerds at gmail.com. You can stream and listen to our podcast wherever you stream and listen to podcasts. Please remember to rate and review, share and subscribe, be kind, please rewind. All of these things help this channel to this channel. I can't talk right now. All these things help this channel to continue to improve and grow and be the Midwestern Nerd show that you, the listener, want to listen to. It is Thanksgiving week when we're putting this episode out. I just want to say the things that I'm thankful for is all of the nerdy things that we've talked about in this episode, uh, Marvel, comic books for existing, but last and certainly, certainly not least, I'd like, I am very thankful for not just this podcast for existing, uh, for being a big part of my life each and every week, but also my co-host here, Kyle, uh, my dear friend that I enjoy talking to nerdy things about every uh, week to come all of the things that we get excited about yes mostly marvel and some star wars here on the side too but other nerdy things i am all thankful for those things and i'm thankful for you my co-host for helping me along on this journey and i'm thankful for you and i'm thankful for your lovely <laughs> listeners out there <laughs> yes all eight of you we are very <laughs> thankful <laughs> Like I said, we've been your Midwestern nerds this week. I am your host, Brian Stoffel, joined as always by K.O. Kyle Olson. And whether it's beer, brats, comics, or pops, may the force be with you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Peace out. Keep it nerdy. <laughs> Keep it nerdy. <laughs> Keep it nerdy. <laughs> Keep it nerdy. <laughs>